Good morning, church. We want to continue in our series on emotions. And uh, the topic I have today that we're going to talk about is about grief. And I don't know how you guys are doing with this uh, corona coaster. Our emotions are all over the place as we deal with all the different guidelines that come out. I'm just done. I'm getting frustrated with it. And maybe you are too. I mean, you just wear the mask under your neck and when you need it, you put it up. I see a lot of people doing that. The, the classic is just hanging it off one ear and walking into the store. Uh, do I need it or not? Uh, do you know when I, I'm going for coffee and I'm getting into the grocery store, I'm like, oh, can I go down this aisle? Oh, no, I can't. I got to go down this aisle over here and come back around the other way. And I'm just done with it. I'm getting frustrated with this new life. Or maybe I just want to get back to the old, normal life. And I realize as I'm doing this preparation for, on this sermon on grief, that I'm going through some grieving process. And often we think of grief as just something that happens when a loved one dies. And I want to say to the, today, uh, I've gone through grief I've gone through those struggles uh, with my parents, my sister, my brother-in-law uh, passing away, and I realize I've gone through some of these emotions that we're going to talk about under grief. But I want to make a bigger umbrella statement, and if I could define grief in this way, grief is an emotional and physical reaction to any traumatic or stressful loss any traumatic or stressful loss. We go through a grief process, and I want us to look at that. In the background, looking at a portion of Scripture and looking at it in a new way, uh, as we look at the book of John, chapter 11, and we know it, you probably know it, uh, but I want us to look at it in a different way, in the sense of not just the grieving process, but also how Jesus responds to our grief. Because when we deal with traumatic loss, it can be as simple or as traumatic as uh, you as a child and your parents divorcing. You live in this traumatic loss saying, I want what life was. I don't like what life is now. And we deal with it. You know, when we deal with loss of a job you worked with for, for a long time and all of a sudden there's a loss. Those sort of things. Health issues. Those are those uh, traumatic and stressful losses that we go through this grieving process. And hopefully you'll be able to even see yourself when we think of uh, a pandemic. There has been a traumatic and stressful loss to a way of life. And so you might be experiencing some of these things. And I will bring them to our attention. It's John chapter 11. And Father, as we come to your word, would you speak to us and let us see who you are in the midst of all these things. Let us see who you are in your great love. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. 
So hopefully at the end of this uh, message, we will be encouraged and grab hold of how we can be a support to other people as well. John chapter 11, verse 17, let's pick it up right there. Uh, Now when Jesus came and found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Now understand something, in the Jewish customs of grieving, uh, they would grieve before the burial, and then seven days of grieving process after the burial. So in the first three to four days was pretty intense grieving. There was a lot of grief going on, a lot of mourning going on. There's people around, and it's pretty intense moments. And Jesus is coming into it in that tense moment. And so it's seven days of grieving after the burial, and then there's 30 days of grieving, and then one year anniversary, they have another part of a, a grieving ceremony, if you will, that has to do with just family. And I didn't realize that until I was talking to my neighbor, and he was telling me he went to a funeral service uh, in remembering of his loved one. And I'm like, I thought that was a year ago. And he goes, it was. This is what we do. A year and on the anniversary, we have another service. And so understanding that from a Jewish custom, it makes a little more sense today. So coming back to the narrative, we see that that's where he's coming into and picking it up in verse 19. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So there's a crowd of people here and they are mourning. They're trying to bring comfort in this process of loss. And then in verse 21, Jesus is coming in, getting close to, to the house, and Martha runs out and gets up to, to Jesus. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Now, it's hard to read tone and body language in this, but we'll notice a bit more of it in the, the next part of the passage uh, that we get to. But she is saying, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus answers with a statement. With your brother will rise again. And Martha, with right theology, in verse 24 said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, Hear this profound statement. Jesus, the Son of God, the one who spoke the world into existence, said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus makes a huge statement to Martha. He says, I am life. Life is in me. He wants to comfort her and saying, this is where life is found. Martha, if you need life in this grieving moment, it is in me. Do you believe this, he says. And Jesus, and she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. So Martha leaves goes into the home and says, Mary, you need to go talk to Jesus. And so 
Mary gets up pretty abruptly and leaves the house, and the crowd says, whoa, she's probably going to the grave, and they all follow her, okay? And so we pick it up in verse 32, and when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Now we're catching a little more body language, a little more emotion. And he's saying, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. It's your fault, Jesus. You are not here, added words. Uh, And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews that were with her were weeping, he's like, whoa. He was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. His heart was breaking for Mary and for Martha. He was feeling their pain and anguish in the loss. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And we get a picture again of this great and mighty God. And Jesus wept. And Jesus said, See, and they said, the Jews there, said, see how he loved me? I loved him? Wow. So we want to look at this this morning, this text, not just in the grieving process, but look at how Jesus responds. And so what I want to do is I want to go through some stages of grief and just how, look at how the church, how Jesus Christ speaks into these And also how we deal with things when we deal with traumatic and stressful loss. It changes us. We become people that are not normally who we are. It's like, whoa, who's that? And when you look in a mirror when we're dealing with these issues. And one of them, when we deal with grief, we deal with denial. We're in shock. We can't believe it. It is surreal. When I came home and my mom was passed away, I could not accept. I I was in a moment of that denial of saying, we just talked. This is where we were, right here. And even now, I, I get in the back and I'm like, yeah, I made this deck for mom and dad, and they're gone. And I get to this place of surrealness of they're going to walk through that door. Maybe you've experienced that. When we are in the dealing with a traumatic loss, we flash back and we get into this denial mode. And this pandemic is very similar. We go into this and saying, I cannot accept this new world. I, need, I just want to go back. And so we flip back. We want to be in that denial place. You can't believe it. You can't let go of what was. We can't let go of what was. We are in that denial place, and we're just struggling through these things. We go back to how it once was. We want to live in that place. I, I cannot accept this new normal without this, this new normal without that person, this new normal where I can't walk anymore, this new normal where I'm struggling because I want 
I want back here where it felt good. And we deny it. But notice in the midst of this struggle, even with Mary and Martha, Jesus is here. Can you imagine? Mary and Martha still in this denial mode, still in this struggle of loss. But Jesus is here. The resurrection and the life. May that bring comfort in these moments of struggle. Jesus was not shocked at Lazarus' death. Jesus not shocked at Mary and Martha's denial. He just embraces her and loves them, accepts them right where they are. We see the picture of love here when we look at this text. And Jesus is weeping. He's moved in spirit and he's troubled. His love is right there. Can you see that for your own self? When you're in this shock, in this denial, know Jesus loves you. He cares about you. And you know, in these moments of grief, there's not judgment. There's, there's love. There's embrace. And often when I go in those grief moments, I, I read through the Psalms. Because Psalms are sort of a heartfelt thing, you know. Psalms 46, 1, God is our refuge and our strength. He always helps in times of trouble. And in those moments when you feel that, in that denial, saying, man, I want life this way, just know Jesus is there. Because often we say, when we go through grief, the world is traveling way too fast. I just want to get off. I want it to slow down. That's running way too fast. I want to stay in the past. That is what grief is. We want to stay in the past, and part of it is that. I just want to get off the train. It's moving too quick. I just want to slow down. No, in those moments, those, that struggle, Jesus is there. Invite him in. Drop to his knees and just say, Jesus, if you would have been here. And he says, here I am. I am here. I'm here for you. May you be encouraged in this moment, in those emotional struggles. Jesus is there with you. Another part of grief that you might recognize is anger. You get to a place of anger. You are frustrated. You are done. And you start like, oh, why is this happening? God, where are you? We want to blame somebody in this moment when we are grieving loss. It was the doctor's fault. It was that drunk driver's fault. It was this situation. The job failed. It was this person that caused my loss of my job. And we go through these grieving moments of anger, frustration. And you know, Jesus isn't shaken by it. He still loves you and cares for you. We want to blame, in this pandemic, I don't know if you noticed some of the movements from social media and the news, we go through these grieving stages where there is literally blame. We blame the government. We throw it on the healthcare system. We throw it on somebody. We throw it at church leaders. When we can't have what we used to have, I want to go back and I, I, and I can't have it. And so we struggle. And it's part of the anger of grief and we do it but may i encourage you 
uh, in one sense, in our anger, Jesus still loves us. We're, we see it in the Psalms, that frustration. But Jesus says in his word, in Ephesians chapter 4, actually through Apostle Paul, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. These are reminding us that we may get angry inside as part of grieving, and God just allows us to go through these processes in life. He's not shocked by them. But he says, don't let your anger go on to somebody else. Don't go start getting angry and lashing out at somebody else that they're your punching bag. Don't do that. We do need a place, though. We need a place to vent. We're not to suppress these emotions that we're struggling with. We need to find an avenue. You know, go for a walk with a friend and say, hey, I just need to vent right now. And says, go for it, you know. Husband and wife, you have that opportunity. Maybe, you know, your kids. You just say, hey, it's okay to vent. I'm here. But just acknowledge it's venting and not blaming. And so you're able to vent. Uh, but notice here in this passage that there were people there in this moment where they could grieve with. They could have that place of struggle and be embraced. Jesus didn't judge them in it. The grievers didn't judge them in it. They were just there in support. And I, again, I encourage you as a church family, if you are in that moment, you just say, hey, Call out a friend, say, hey, I just need to vent. It's okay. Call somebody. You know, do something in that area where you can do. Because we're not here to judge. I put here, it is time like this. We do not judge where people are at in grief. As some move on faster than others, some of us ride the corona coaster a lot longer and we're all over the map. Be careful not to judge them. You know, and you're hearing that in social media, but God's word is telling us not to bring judgment, to walk alongside. In Ephesians 4, 2, it says, with all humility and gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love. And man, that so ties in when we're grieving. There's going to be things we say, and we need to be gracious. We need to watch our tongue, yes, but we need not to suppress your feelings when grieving. The whole point of grieving is to let this out, the hurt and pain that's in. Of I have had traumatic loss of the life I used to have, and it hurts me. I want this, and it's gone. My loved one is gone. My love of my job that I used to do, I can't do anymore. And all those things where we grieve, Part of it is anger. We get to denial. We get angry. Uh, then we get to this false hope of bargaining. Uh, and Mary and Martha said, you know, they did it to Jesus. They said, Jesus, if you would have been here, and they were probably pretty blame-oriented, <laughs> if we would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. It would have been all good. And Jesus is there with them, even in the bargaining moments, saying, I'm here, weeping with them. Our culture will live and do, it's going to continue to change. It doesn't stay the same. And we, we have to accept, when we go with culture 
and it slowly changes, we're okay. But when it's a drastic change, it really shocks us. And it really causes, and this pandemic has shocked the system. It has been a traumatic, stressful loss of what life used to be. And we're struggling with grief, and we need to acknowledge it today. It is real. Man, we get to those places. But we need to realize our culture will keep changing. Our church's life does not stay the same. Our music does not stay the same. Preachers don't stay the same. But we grieve those moments. They are real part of grief. Home life doesn't stay the same. And parents, you go through this with the empty nest. There's like, whoo, our kids are all grown up and left. But all of a sudden we're grieving the life of what it was instead of celebrating those moments and change. Grief is real, and we go through these things but know this, Jesus never changes. His love, his care for you and for me never changes. He is faithful and true, but he has not promised us that a world around us won't change. Those things will. Our anchor is in Jesus, and that's our strength. That's who we hold on to when the world around us is moving too fast. We hold on to Jesus. In Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can trust him. We can lean on him. He is our healer, the one we can care and get strength from. He's not judging us. In these moments of grief, he's holding on to us. Another one that we want to wrap up getting closer here is recognizing we are going to have episodes of depression. When we grieve, when we've had a traumatic, stressful loss, we will get to these sad moments. And you're saying, what is going on? Why am I feeling so heavily sad? Even to the point sometimes it's like, I don't want to get out of bed. And you feel a little more paralyzed. Normal grieving process where we get to those places but you know what in all these things we know Christ is there he doesn't change but we also need to know that the church is there and I am really encouraged that what MRAC is doing and if I could just take a moment and give praise to God for the body of Christ at MRAC that I have been seeing people care for people. You know, if it's a phone call to saying, hey, how are you doing? You know, and just checking in on people. May I encourage you, continue to be the church. It's not just the lobby time where we can touch base with people now. The lobby's empty. But it's time for you to make that phone call and say, hey, I don't even know you very well, but I've seen you in our lobby. I just want to phone you and say, hey, how are you doing? Do those moments, and may we move from the depression to acceptance because the church is caring for each other, and people are doing it. I am just overwhelmed uh, to say, wow, this person's cared for that person, that phone per- per- phones that person, and we're caring for each other. And if you are one of those people that have will call slip through the cracks and you say, I didn't get a call. May you be the person that calls out. 
Can you be the person that calls out to somebody? Don't just pick a number in the church directory and say, hey, here I noticed you're part of the MRAC. I just wanted to call and say, how are you doing? I'm, I've got some struggles, but hey, I'm making it through. And let's build one another up. In these moments of sadness and despair, Jesus wants to bring hope. He wants to build into your life. He wants to encourage you. He wants to walk with you in this, these grieving moments of change. Life is different today, which leads me to the last point of acceptance. We need to get part of grieving circle, if you will, is getting to the place of accepting where life is today. It is different. I need to adjust. It is different and I'm holding on to Jesus. It is different, but I know I'll be okay because Jesus is my life. We have the body of Christ that we grieve with and walk with in this journey. So if it's getting together, I encourage you a phone call. If it's gathering together, like we've had groups out here in the church parking lot, it's social distancing and, and encouraging one another and praying for one another. We've had, I've been at a COVID uh, barbecue where you know we do the guidelines of distancing and care for how we eat, but let's be the body of Christ. In these grieving process, let's realize the church is still alive. God is still on the throne, and God is working in you and through you. Will you let him do that? It is so important that we do, because he is our life. He is the resurrection and life. We need to be tapped into him and into the body of Christ. It looks different but we still can be attached to the body of Christ. And I am encouraging as many people as can, where if you know somebody, if you're alone, uh, do social distancing. If you can bring them into your home and do the service together, pray together, you know, any of those things where you can connect and do the, the guidelines that uh, uh, we have out here in our government. You know, right now they're saying a group of six, in a home, if you can do that, just take those steps. And one last thing I'll end up here in Psalms 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. Do recognize that. That in this grieving process, in this challenging moment of life, in the corona coaster of ups and downs of emotions of our grief, Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. The church is with you. Make that call. Call that person. And let's continue to encourage one another, be gracious to one another, as we are all in different stages of grief, dealing with this uh, COVID change of life. May you be encouraged in Christ that he loves you and cares for you. Father, as we close off and we recognize the battles we go through and the grieving process that we natural flows through our bodies, we don't even realize. I pray that in every stage of these things, we would know your presence we would know you are there with us. 
and we would know the body of Christ is there with us. Continue to lead us by your spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.